The NFL PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $500 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by PicksWise. PicksWise is the number one home of free sports betting picks. Visit PicksWise.com to make make your next bet better. We're also brought to you by OddsCrowd. Are you the best football better in the U.S.? OddsCrowd challenges you to prove it with their free-to-play fantasy betting contest. Over $30,000 up for grabs over the season. Go to OddsCrowd.com to sign up. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app. SGPN is giving you a chance to win $100,000 NFL Week 1 exclusively on the SGPN app. Welcome everyone to episode number four of the NFL PropCast. I am your host, Munaf Munji, aka Sports Nerd. It is currently 8.31 on Central Time, but 6.30 on the West Coast, where I currently am. But we have a full house tonight, and joining me as usual tonight is the prop god, the Brody, Dan Titus. Dan, how's it going, my man? Man, I'm jealous. I, I want to be in Vegas with you right now, man. Uh, everyone's <laughs> having all the fun. Um, I'm sitting here getting wisdom teeth appointments. Sad life, but uh, doing great otherwise, man. Football is only a week away. So, yeah, let's just I'm so hyped to talk about props and, and all the stuff we have coming up uh, this NFL season. So a lot of stuff cooking. Yeah, it, it hasn't been. Yeah, it hasn't been fun. Well, I guess it has been a little fun, but I, I like we're talking offline. It, it's been more work than anything, but always fun to be out here. Uh, it's our last preview of the division rundown we've been doing. So, you know, we had to close it out with a bang. Right. And I said we have a full house tonight. So also joining us, she is back. Minty bets. Minty is the Yahoo Sports lead betting reporter and analyst. She was born and ra- raised in Las Vegas a world where sports betting is a way of life. She entered the space in 2018 when she joined the media company Wager Talk as a betting host. Since then, she has generated a very large audience on social media by creating both original and relatable betting content. Minty loves sports, flowers, and all types of dogs. You can follow her on Twitter at MintyBets. Minty, welcome to the NFL PropCast. So glad to have you back with us. Of course. Thanks for having me. I'm enough. How are you liking Vegas so far? How long have you been here? I flew in today, um, got off the plane, rushed over to Circa to meet my uh, proxy to get signed up for the Circa Millions contest. After that, I was hungry like a dog. So I grabbed some lunch, 
Um, and then I, I, I usually like playing some table games, but I was like, I have a lot of work to do. So I just came up to my room and started grinding a little bit, um, took a nap, but it's, it's a little uh, gloomy today, Minty. What's going on? Yeah, I, I have no idea. Oh, it's because of the fires, the, oh, okay. the California, the Lake Tahoe fires. That's why it's a little gloomy and a little humid here. So blame California. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's okay. I, I mean, Dan, you're out in California. How's it looking over there? It's a little smoky, but tis the season, man. It's every time when September rolls around, man, it's like fire season. So hopefully everyone's staying safe out there. Sorry, you guys got to suffer in Las Vegas for um, <laughs> our natural our natural habitat going wild here. But uh, yeah, at least we can still talk about football. And it seems like the uh, the NFL train is moving. So we, we yeah. are here. So I have to get a couple things out of the way. Um, so I feel like there is a little knife in my back because Minty, you were on with myself and Malcolm on the M- MLB gambling podcast. And I don't know if it was on the podcast or if it was offline and we were talking about soccer and which team you should root for. And, you know, Malcolm presented his, his case for Newcastle. I presented my case for Liverpool. Lo and behold, at the end, she ends up picking Leicester city. And then, well, yeah. And one more thing, I, this, this, this 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 really kind of <laughs> this, this was really funny. Last week, I, I had sent out a tweet to a couple of people that I've had conversations with in Vegas, including Minty, and I said, "What is the best burger place in town?" And Minty tweets back saying, "And I quote, personally, I'm happy with In and Out, and I'm definitely having to rethink our friendship and having Minty <laughs> on the show, Minty, In and Out, really." Yeah, it's simple. It's classic. It's timeless. It's a West Coast thing. I was born and raised on the West Coast. So uh, maybe I just haven't gotten out much or maybe gourmet burgers are just overrated, but I love in and out (laughs) We did get uh, it down in Texas. I know they were a a long, long time. They were trying to get in and out down in Texas. They finally opened up two locations in the Houston area. So, um, I was expecting a little more from you, but that's okay. (laughs) Okay. But do you, do you like in and out? Have you tried it? I definitely, I mean, I've taken several tips over to California, so we've had it, we've had in and out. I've had it here in Vegas also. Mm Um, I mean, it's good. It's not bad. Um, you know, he gets the job done, but we have water. Dan needs to chime. Yeah, Dan needs to chime in. I've never had a water burger, so oh, I, I can't say. I haven't to. either. I haven't either, and I've been meaning. I'm actually. I consider myself a burger guru. Um, I love gourmet burgers, any kind of burger, honestly. And when I came to California, it was all about In and Out. And I'll be honest, I thought it was a little, a little bit uh, to be desired there. But now I'm like obsessed with it. Oh. I was a huge Five Guys guy for a while. Oh but my that god. Was like, which is like horrible. Um, but either way, I think that in and out, you can't go wrong with it, right? It's the safe bet, high floor. You know what you're going to get. It's never going to disappoint. Mm-hmm. But there's probably some other options on the strip you could probably check out. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, we're not going to talk about NFL tonight. We're just talking about food tonight. If that's okay with you guys. <laughs> yeah, burgers specifically. Yeah. Burger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, as our listeners know, we, you know we're, we're covering the last two divisions. It's the AFC South and the NFC North. Uh, but before we get to breaking down the division odds for both of those division and player props, uh, Minty, we covered the AFC West in our first episode. And, you know, you being in Vegas, the resident, the Raiders fan, the season ticket holder, I wanted to get your uh, thoughts on the Las Vegas Raiders, who are currently have a win total of seven in odds to win the AFC West at 22 to one. 
New stadium is going to be opening Monday night against the Baltimore Ravens. I'm sure you're going to be there. Uh, how are you handicapping the regular season win total, division odds, or any player props that you do like for the uh, Raiders this coming season? So I actually saw them at seven and a half earlier at plus money, which was pretty good. So I jumped on that. Um, I think they're going to go over seven, seven and a half. Uh, they went eight and eight last season. Some of those straight up wins were surprising against the Chiefs, Saints and Browns. Uh, so pretty impressive. Hopefully they can repeat some of those uh, shocking wins as big underdogs. Um, their schedule is a bit tricky here as they face football team, the Colts, maybe the bears are a little tricky and the Steelers. Um, well, you know, we don't really know what those teams are going to look like this year as much as we think that we know them. Um, and of course they are at the bottom of this division facing the chargers chiefs and Broncos twice, but I think the Raiders are, are better than the Broncos this season. And, uh, they've improved their pass rush and their offense is really full of talent. So I think seven, seven and a half seems like just the right number for me to like the over here. Um, I, I think they're going to win over, over seven and a half games. Eight is the sweet number here. Um, but I like them this season. Of course, I, I don't have super high expectations because of the Chiefs, but you yeah. never know. Yeah, it's a very intriguing di the division because it, every year, I mean, you have Mahomes, right? And we know what we expect out of Mahomes every single year in the Chiefs, but it seems like the Denver Broncos got better. They got healthy on defense. You know, they're getting uh, Cortland Sutton back on the offensive side. Um, and then also the Chargers with, you know, we're not sure we're going to what we're expecting out of the Chargers because they have a whole new coaching staff. And Dan, we had talked about how the upgrade from Anthony Lynn to anybody else or a coach is is a automatic maybe win or two for the Chargers. But it'll definitely be intriguing to see how it kind of shakes out for the Raiders. I'm not as optimistic as Minty is <laughs> on the Raiders. Just because of, oh, there you go. She, she's repping, she's repping Raider the, Nation. the Raiders emblem on Raider my shirt Nation. here. <laughs> there you go. Um, but it, it is going to be fun to see. I mean, we can't say that John Gruden's on the hot seat because he signed a 10 year, $100 million deal with the Raiders. But so uh, new, yeah, new stadium. It's going to be exciting. Uh, any player props that you do like for this team? Any season long player props? For this team, no, yeah. not really. Okay. Uh, but, you know, as we get to through our um, AFC South and NFC North, I might have a couple. Sure. Dan, any, any thoughts on the Raiders? Yeah, I was going to ask a quick question. Any thoughts on John Brown being released? Um, I don't think that he was expected to make that much of an impact on the Raiders anyway. And obviously really. he got cut. But um, just want to know your thoughts on Brian Edwards and what he potentially could bring with more opportunity now with, with him out the way. And then also maybe Henry Ruggs, you know, the first round pick last year. Yeah. I think Henry Ruggs is going to bring a lot to this team. Uh, hopefully more than, than last season. Um, with the whole John Brown thing, like you said, I don't think he was going to make that much of an impact. So I'm not crying about it. Um, so yeah, I, we'll have to see again, this Raiders team is, is just a little unpredictable here. Um, I'm optimistic about it and I don't want to let my fandom cloud my judgment. So I'm not going to say too much. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. I, Got it. I know Dan, when we did the AFC West preview, I had John Brown, I think the under on his, but I think that's, that's kind of voided now because he got released by the team. So yeah, uh, I'll have to find another one. Um, anything else guys for the Raiders or do you guys want to get into the AFC South? Let's get into I'm it. I'm good to go. All right. Uh, before we get into the AFC South, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. 
we're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $500 sports bet. Download, bet, win. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Go check out the new PropSwap.com, which is packed with fresh features like filtering tickets based on value to find the best odds available, browse the activity feed to stay in the know, and a loyalty rewards program that turns sales into extra cash and much more. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money, it just needs to improve. When making your bets, make sure to go for two. Make two tickets on the same team or player so you can sell one for a profit and keep one to leave yourself some skin in the game. Thousands of buyers across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. We're also brought to you by PicksWise. PicksWise is the number one home of free sports betting picks, props, and parlays held by a team of trend-watching, data-devouring sports fanatics giving you the who, how, and why behind every prediction. For every game, every day, and every sport all for free, visit PicksWise.com to make your next bet better. PicksWise backs responsible gambling. If you or someone you know wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, coming off the break, let's get into the AFC South. And I'm sure one or this division, like Dan was talking all fine, is going to be one of the most boring and uh, the least competitive, I guess you can say, of the entire football league. Um, so the divisional odds for this division, we have the Tennessee Titans who are favored to win the division at minus 115, the Indianapolis Colts at plus 150, the Jacksonville Jaguars at plus 650, and the Houston Texans at 30 to 1. Regular season win totals, we have the Titans currently at nine. Colts are also at nine. Jaguars at six and a half, and Texans are at four. Let's get started with my hometown hometown team, the Houston Texans. I feel like this will be a quick handicap. Obviously, the big question mark surrounds the situation with Deshaun Watson and the legal situation he's dealing with. But I guess let's talk about the team. You know, on the field, the Texans hire the oldest first-year head coach in the history of the league and went on to construct the oldest roster in the entire league. Dan, let me start with you. What are your thoughts for this Houston Texans team going into next season? And please don't hold back. So I I actually think that, I'm sorry, but you're going to be battling for the worst team in the league. And right now I I see that the Houston Texans are the odds-on favorite to have the worst team in the league this year. So that's the bet that I'm going to be making. This team is going to be complete and utter trash. And, you know, honestly, it's set up because Deshaun Watson, you know, we don't know what his situation is. He's probably not going to be coming back. He's already said that he's going to for, um, 
forfeit game checks. So now you're trotting out Tyrod Taylor, who we knew last year was a, a stopgap for Justin Herbert. That didn't work out well. And now he's on another team with a really aging backfield. I mean, we're talking David Johnson, yuck. Mark Ingram, yuck. And then you got Philip Lindsay, who will probably, um, I, I think he should rise to the top of the depth chart. But then look on the outside and you just got Brandon Cooks. And then you're looking at what, Nico Collins? You get rid of the the mainstay in J.J. Watt. I don't know what this defense is really going to be doing. Thankfully, they get to play the Jaguars two times, so maybe they might get a couple wins. (laughs) But as we've seen, the Houston Texans are already favored to lose to the Jaguars in week one by three points. So, And that's with a rookie quarterback and a whole new head coaching scheme there. So, uh, yeah, I think you got to read the tea leaves, man. This is going to be a bad year for Houston, so you might as well get used to basketball and losing because this is going to be a lot of L's coming into Houston, into the city of Houston this year. Yeah, we've already kind of started rioting the front office. And, and, you know, we really feel bad for, like, the players that are on this team because they're still going to be working their asses off, you know, on the field. But it's just the front office has completely botched this team. It took years and years to finally get a quarterback on this on this team and this franchise to build around. And now you completely botched it with the hires that you made on the staff with the general manager and the head coach. And now you're dealing with a, a situation with Sean Watson. Um Minty, where do you stand with the Texans and their win total? So, my God, I had a lot to say when you were talking, Dan. Like, only a couple seasons ago, we were saying, wow, Mark Ingram, wow, Brandon Cooks, and now we're saying yuck to these guys? Like, that's so surprising. Um, Man, I used to love the Texans, and Tyrod Taylor, I really don't know what to think of him. I just think of him as a backup quarterback, so I, I can't say I have a real opinion on him. I didn't really watch him a lot, pay attention to him a lot. He's just very lackluster to me. Uh, as Dan mentioned, de- very defensive struggles. Uh, I mean, they have uh, the absolute worst rushing defense last season. Um, and they do have some big names on offense. Like we mentioned, Mark Ingram, David Johnson, but um, we said yuck to those. Uh, <laughs> but again, I, I just don't think that they are going to be much this season. I will have to ask you guys though. Do you think that they are the team to go? Oh, and 17. Do you have any Oh, and 17 props uh, like to, to go any teams to go and 17 this season? Dan. Uh, I don't have a Owen 17, but I do have them to be the last winless team at plus 450. So I'm feeling really good about those four to one odds, just given. I mean, I don't think they're going to beat the Jaguars in, in the first game of the season. So once they do that, it's just going to be a long road for them uh, to get that first victory. So I feel good about that one. The only time I am betting on this team is going to be in week one against the Jaguars. Um, I just feel like if anything outside of three, if you're getting a three and a half on the Texans, I think that might be a bet for me because you have a rookie head coach with the Jacksonville Jaguars and you have a rookie uh, quarterback coming in on this roster to start the year. Um, And then this defense, they didn't, I mean, we'll get to the Jaguars in a second, but I think this is the only time I'm putting money on the Texans. They're going to be that first game. I was on with Sean and Ryan. They were doing the AFC South preview. And I did say I did have Owen 17 ticket, just for kicks and giggles for this team. But, um, you know, there, there's still some dogs on this team that are going to fight, right? Like you guys, like you guys mentioned, Mark Ingram, uh, David Johnson, Philip uh, Lindsay, there's still going to be guys that are going to want to win games. And, and there's still have, the, I guess that they have a roster full of guys that have chips on their shoulders. And, and when you have guys like that on the roster, they're not going to win games, but they're going to compete. And I think that's, 
one of the things about this team that I do like going forward into the season, the expectations around Houston are very low for this team, obviously, because of the roster that they do have. And we don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. We heard the rumors about Miami being the front runners on this for a trade for Deshaun Watson. But I mean, it will, we'll, we'll see what happens. And, you know, I, I'm probably, if I see a four and a half pop up somewhere on this Texans team, I will probably take that under uh, four and a half. Uh, Minty, any last thoughts on this Texans team? Um, no, but I, I did have a player prop on Philip Lindsay when he was, uh, when I saw him a little bit higher on the depth chart and now he's not, um, I could go over it a little, but I don't even know if it's, it's worth it. It's just a, a touchdown prop of, of his. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll get to our, our player props when, okay. we, when we wrap up these divisions, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get to our player props. I'm, I'm sure Dan has something exciting to on. Uh, he always has something good, but uh, Dan, any last thoughts on the Texans here? Yeah, I think I'm going to take the Texans two to one to be the last to finish last in the NFL too. How dare uh, you? just double down and kind of hedge that uh, prediction. Cause I mean, they're already favored to finish fourth in the division at, at minus two thirty. So yeah. too juice, too juice for me. They're going to be awful. So you might as well double down on how bad they are. Mm-hmm. He did um, not hold back. Like you said, I was already questioning one friendship and now I have to question another one. Like Jesus Christ, guys. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Don't hold back. I mean, this team is going to be atrocious. Uh, let's move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, the Jags brought in a whole new coaching regime. Like we, talked about uh, when we we're talking about the Texans here led by urban Meyer and the number one overall pick Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson last season, the Jags finished with one win and now they're sitting, their win total is sitting at six and a half. The news came down with Travis Etienne, who's going to miss the entire season with a foot injury uh, Jags last season, opened the season by beating the Colts. And I'm sure that killed a lot of survivor pool uh, uh, picks and league pools last season. And then they went on to lose 15 games in a row, landing the number one pick. Minty, do you believe this team is going to improve by six wins with Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer? Ooh, not by six wins, but they have to improve from their one in 15 record last season. Um, Just starting rookie quarterbacks is such a risky move. And like you mentioned, Travis Etienne out. I mean, I was excited to see him reunite with with Trevor Lawrence and uh, it, it just makes now the total of six and a half look like a lot for the Jaguars and you know um, them facing the Texans and uh, it just is like, are they going to win? This is, this is a, they have a chance, but I wouldn't count that even as a win. Um, Also first time head coach in the NFL urban Meyer. It's hard to say, how is he going to do? I mean, again, preseason is, is a little bit different than regular season. Um, They did sign some notable names like um, Shaquille Griffin, Marvin Jones, uh, Carlos Hyde. So ultimately when we talk about the season total, looking at the schedule, the jets and Texans, two teams we can mark as maybe they have a chance against, but even five wins is maybe I can see maybe five wins at most, but I got to go under the six and a half total going from one to five is still a great season, right? From where you were for the previous <laughs> yeah, season. I mean, very improved by four wins. I mean, that that's pretty good. Dan, where are you at with this Jaguars team, man? Yeah. I love the number that Minty just played there. Um, Cause I think that five is the sweet spot, you know, at six, six and a half, it's a little too rich for me. I don't, I don't see this leap, you know, in year one of urban Meyer and, you know, you mentioned Travis Etienne is going to be missing the season. I think that Urban Meyer had a lot of plans for him in the offense. So, you know, I like this. Um, I'm actually going to play this as a regular season win band from zero to five. So, you know, one whether it hits zero or five, I can still yeah. cash one and a half to one. I, I like that just at plus 150. 
I can get some plus odds, and I like that I'm actually having because most of my plays are usually overs or looking for some opportunities for people to be a lot better. So I'm really enjoying this AFC South because I can just root for people to be awful. Um, so between the Houston Texans and the Jaguars, I- I'm loving the low margin of opportunity here for them to be successful. So I'm going to take that uh, plus 150 for the Jags to get zero to five wins. I have a question for both of you, uh, Dan and Minty. Number one, when Urban Meyer brought on Tim Tebow on this roster to give him a chance, how much do you think that had an effect on the rest of the locker room? Because we know that he's not a NFL caliber player. And number two, we've seen reports that some of the college ways that Urban Meyer brought from the, the collegiate level to the NFL level is not sitting well with a lot of players do you think that is already going to create some disconnect uh, within the locker room from players, the head coach? Minty, I'll start with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I'll answer your last question first. Um, sure. Yeah. I think it will uh, cause a lot of disconnect with these players because as we know, college and, and the pros are, are different beasts and I'm no athlete, but I mean, yeah. I just watching the games, you can already tell Um Again, like I said earlier, it is a it's just a, such an unknown factor of him becoming a head coach first time. I, I don't think he'll do that well um, because of him bringing, you know, his collegiate ways over to the NFL. Uh, and then with the Tebow thing, I don't think anyone really expected him to be on the field a lot or, or really yeah. do anything. I don't really know what that was for, if it was like a publicity stunt or what, but mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I, I don't think it had that much effect in the locker room, maybe at first for the first yeah. week or so, but not, not so much after that. Dan. Yeah. No longer on the roster. So it may not have an effect. Dan, any thoughts on those? Yeah. yeah I think Minty hit the nail on the head there. I, I think it certainly is disruptive to the locker room for people that, have been doing this and have been trying to make a career of it, doing the blood, sweat, and tears that it takes to get through the rigors of training camp, off-season workouts and all that from a guy that just came out of the booth doing college football on ESPN. It's kind of insulting. And I think he got showed out, right? Like, I mean, he was face-planted on his ass within the first preseason game, and then he got cut right after that. So I think it was as much as everyone enjoys the Tebow hype, or maybe you don't, I, I personally can't stand it. But, yeah. um, you know, I think it's it's just a testament to Urban Meyer kind of trying to put, to play this, you know, superior role of, you know, hey, I, whatever I did that was successful in college can translate to the NFL, and it doesn't really work that way. We saw it not be successful in work for a lot of head coaches, Nick Saban, uh, Chip Kelly, you know, you can, you, the list goes on. Right. So I think he's just the next one. And I want to be surprised if this team underperformed in year one, mainly because this guy's still trying to figure out what's going on. And I think that the, the players around that also realize that. Yeah. Kind of my last, last thoughts on this team is that I think this might be a team that you want to probably take a look at taking their game totals to go over because they really didn't do anything to address how bad their secondary is. Right. They, like Minty yeah. mentioned, they brought in Shaquille Griffin, but that was pretty much it. And they were getting torched by Jameis Winston in that preseason game. I believe they had a couple starters out there in that secondary. And and it was like practice for Jameis Winston out there. So um, I think that's something that we might have to keep in mind as the season, season progresses and see, you know, if they're trailing, obviously they have a better quarterback, significant upgrade at the quarterback position that they will be playing from behind. And there may be a lot of points scored in at least the Jaguars games. Um, anything else for this Jaguars team's minty? Uh, I'm good. No, Dan. I'm good. All right. Let's move it to the Indianapolis Colts. I think after the Packers, 
this team has been in the media and, and in the sporting news with so many different things from injuries to COVID situation going on with Carson Wentz, uh, Dan's favorite quarterback of all time. Uh, Carson Wentz takes over as the quarterback uh, with the uh, Indianapolis Colts, reunites with Frank Reich. Carson Wentz obviously coming, he started off with an injury that was supposed to keep him out anywhere from five to 12 weeks. He's back at practice this week, but again, he got put on the COVID list. So now he's dealing with that. Looks like he is on pace to start week one. There are still a lot of questions with this offensive line. Uh, the retirement of Anthony Costanzo, the injury to Quentin Nelson. Looks like he will be back, but they just lost one of their other uh, linemen to a torn ACL. Dan, let me kick it to you. Do you think that change of senior will help Wentz this season, and what's your outlook for the Colts this season? Uh, I do think that the change of scenery will help Carson Wentz. My question is, is just, can he stay healthy? And I think that that's the biggest question for, for him to be successful, right? Like he lost all of his confidence last year playing with the Philadelphia Eagles and he has experience playing with Frank Reich. And if there's one person that can correct his mechanics and maybe instill some confidence in, in him, I think it would be him. However, you know, given their their troubles on the offensive line, I'm expecting them to really lean on Jonathan Taylor in that run game. Um, despite those injuries, I think that they showed last year that they are one of the more uh, dominant, you know, front lines that 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 exists in the NFL. And I think if they're going to have success, it can't be on the strength of Carson Wentz chucking the ball down the field. That's not his strong suit. He's a game manager. Um, they already lost T.Y. Hilton for a number of games with an injury, which, you know, I, I think... He was probably the elder statesman on the team, but he was still certainly effective for portions of the season last year with Phil Rivers. So we're going to have to see a lot of young names really pop up and, and show out to, to really have this an, an Indianapolis Colts team take that next step. Paris Campbell, Michael Pittman, um, they didn't upgrade the tight end position, so you're still trotting out Jack Doyle. There's not a lot to get excited about this team for me. I do have them finishing as second in the division, and you can get that at, at plus 110. Uh, that's probably the best bet that I can place for the Colts right now because I don't I don't like their win total. I just know that they're they're better than the Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. So if I get <laughs> if I need to hang my hat on something, at least they're not that bad, right? Um, but this is not a playoff team. I don't think that this team is going to be very competitive. This is going to be the Titans' division to lose. Yeah, and you take a look at uh, their first five weeks. They're playing teams that have a win total of at least nine or more, right? The first two games were against the Seahawks and the Rams. Then they have a division game against the Titans, the Dolphins, and the Ravens. And those three games are all on the road until they get a break playing the Texans in week six. Uh, Minty, what are your thoughts on this Colts team? Um, Dan literally said everything I was going to say, named <laughs> everyone I was going to name. But yeah, I actually, though, don't think nine wins is impossible for the Colts. I think they have a really good core. Um, I'm going to name them. I mean, they have quite a few reliable receivers, although T.Y. Hilton out, which sucks, a disc issue. Um, Michael Pittman Jr., Zach Pascal, Paris Campbell, quite a few reliable running backs as well. Um, but the quarterback thing is obviously the most important uh, Carson Wentz is not reliable. He's made of glass and skin made of paper. So I just always <laughs> injured, always questionable. And then who's next up Jacob Eason. Uh, yeah, I mean, yep. I, I liked him in Washington, um, but it's hard to gauge with the rookie quarterback. So uh, as much as it is against my beliefs to trust a rookie starter, I, I like to lean the over if, if anything happens to Carson, but I think that's just me being optimistic. Yeah. I think for this Colts team, if you do like them for the division, 
it, you might be, will be, or for sure will be getting better odds when they play uh, in week six against the Texans. Because like I mentioned, those first five weeks are, it's a very tough stretch. They have a stretch where they have four out of five games that are on the road. So um, it'll be interesting to see how, as the season progresses week to week, how Carson fits into the offense, because he hasn't really had much time to build that chemistry with his receivers, the running backs, and and for that offensive line, which I think is going to take a significant um, significant step back because Anthony Costanzo was their best lineman, and losing him to retirement, it, it, it's it's really huge for this Colts team. So um, definitely going to be a work in progress as the season progresses for the Colts. Any last thoughts for this uh, uh, Indianapolis Colts team, Minty? Uh, nope. Dan, you got anything? Nope, I'm good. All right. Let's move on to the last team in this division, the Tennessee Titans, who added more fuel to their offense with the addition of Julio Jones from the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, they did lose their offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith, who takes over as the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the offense looks like it's going to be one of the best in the league with A.J. Brown, with Julio Jones, and Derrick Henry coming off of a 2,000 rushing yard season. Minty, let me start it off with you. Uh, this Tennessee Titans team, is it their division to lose? I, I mean, no, it's, it's not their division to lose. I They had a really busy offseason, as you said, in, in, in free agency, and, and there are a lot of new faces. Mm. Um, they Suggesting that they'll win 10 games, I mean, 9 or 10, is actually a lot. And I feel like they set this number just right because last season they finished with 11 wins. They haven't reached double-digit wins before that since 2008. Um, so I think this is a big number to reach even with this great offense. Um, and even with this extra game, even with a, a superstar like Derrick Henry, um, like I said, there are a lot of new faces to the team and there's mm. a lot that were let go as well. Um, so it'll take time to get all the pieces moving right uh, and going over their schedule. I'm seeing a lot of easy wins because we know this isn't a very competitive division. Um, so they have to be the best team in their division. Uh but they also face the Niners, the Rams, the Dolphins, Chiefs, and Bills. So that's pretty tricky. Uh, I have them at, at 10 wins, and I was being generous. So even though I have them at 10, I, I feel like I, I kind of lean under nine. Yeah, they have one of the more easier, at least road schedules, if you just stack mm -hmm. rank their um, uh, their win totals of their opponents that they're facing on the road. So uh, I currently see the ranked as number four in the entire AFC. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out for the uh, Titans, especially with a new offensive coordinator taking over uh, for this team as they lost Arthur Smith. Like I mentioned, Dan, where are you at with this uh, Titans team, man? I, I side with Mindy Minty in, in terms of, I don't like the nine. I feel like Vegas got it right. So like, as I actually lean to her, like I'd rather take the plus money for the under rather than going the over nine wins. But, you know, I, I really think that this team is – you really can't – I can't bet them because they're favorites to win the division by a landslide. I don't think that they're going to go very far in the playoffs because I think their defense isn't that great comparatively to the other juggernauts that are in the AFC. Um, yeah, it's it's hard for me to bet. So if, I, if I'm going to place one gun to my head, I think I would just take um, – I'm gonna take the under under nine wins. I, I don't. That's I think right. that's that's just the best value there, um, and that, that they're not that good. You know, yeah. they're, just, they're just fortunate to play in a really bad division where they can get. You know, they're easily could probably go undefeated. Maybe that's what I should look for: go undefeated in their division. <laughs> um, <laughs> but at this point, yeah, I think that that's probably the best it's gonna get.
Yeah, and their defense was atrocious last year, right? And I don't think they did it. I mean, they picked up Bud Dupree, but he's coming off a torn ACL injury right. when he was with Good the Steelers. Point. So, I mean, they didn't really do much to improve their defense either. So this might be another team that, you know, you, we may want to look at playing the over because all across this whole division, they're playing less than uh, or at least below average, both run defenses and pass defenses. So uh, something we'll have to keep in mind. Uh, let's wrap this up. Let's wrap up this division with a best bet. Uh, any divisional win totals that you love, make or miss playoff win total, uh, give me a best bet. Dan, let me start with you. What you got for me? Yeah, I'm going to say my best bet is the Detroit Lions, or sorry, the Detroit Lions, sorry, wrong wrong conference here. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> the Houston Texans. To Detroit finish Lions, the- Houston Texans, same thing, <laughs> yes, right? I know, I'm, I'm, I know, I'm playing with garbage here. Um, <laughs> Houston Texans to finish out as the worst team in the NFL, uh, two to one. I'll, I'll take the easy money because I don't think that this team's going to have uh, very many wins this season. Minty. I love that. Um, first of all, I'll, I'll do like kind of a long shot. Well, it's not really a long shot. They're favored to go. Oh, and 17. I'll sprinkle a little on Oh, and 17 just for fun. Um, I, like but I, I guess I have to say my best bet. It's a little square Titans to win this division minus 115. It's boring, but it's, it's safe. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, they have the most talent on the offensive side. I mean, almost at every position, right? I think you can say that Ryan Tannehill is the best quarterback in the division minus Mm -hmm. Deshaun Watson, not starting the best receivers, the best running back. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. that offense is going to win you some games, especially with, I mean, how bad the other teams are in this division. Uh, For my best bet, I have to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars under the six and a half. I mean, I just don't see how a rookie quarterback, a rookie head coach come in and win seven games in this national football league. I think that urban Meyer is going to have a very, very hard time winning games, going from that collegiate level, him taking time off, I think is a big thing, but I think he's going to get a huge reality check when this season kicks off and they're playing the best of the best talent for each team that they're going to face. So that under six and a half is, is really, really looking good to me. Um, That'll be it for the AFC South division. Let's take a quick break and we're going to dive into the NFC North. Turn your picks into real cash with Prize Picks, my favorite daily fantasy app. It's fast and it's easy, and it all starts with Prize Picks. Simply pick two to five players and decide if they will go over or under their stat projection. The more players you pick, the more you can win, up to 10 times your money. Prize Picks is the only way I play. I took Derrick Henry under 1,555 and a half rushing yards, David Montgomery over 1,000 and a half rushing yards, and Tua Tungavailoa under 4,000 and a half passing yards. That three team entry of $20 would pay me $100 on the power play option. Use promo code SGP to receive a 100% instant depo- deposit match up to $100. That's Prize Picks promo code SGP. The summer of soccer continues on Paramount Plus. Stream over 2,000 soccer matches a year from around the world. That's all the heart pounding drama from CBS Sports, including the UEFA Champions League, Europa League, Italy Serie A. Argentina's Primera División, the Brasileiro, the NWSL, the Asian Football Confederation, and the CONCACAF qualifiers, featuring the stars from the U.S. and Mexican men's national teams, plus much more. 
it's the best of the beautiful game with all the beautiful names like Messi, Mbappe, Ronaldo, Rampino, and Pulisic. Be part of the excitement as champions are crowned and history is made. The world's game lives here on Paramount+. Plus. Visit ParamountPlus.com to start your free trial and stream every match live. All right, let's get into the final division of our season-long preview, the NFC North. One of the more intriguing divisions, I mean, the AFC South, like we mentioned, was completely garbage. So I think this will be a little more fun to talk about. Uh, Packers lead the way as the favorites to win this division, minus 160, followed by the Vikings at plus 250. The Bears are at plus 550, and the Detroit Lions 28-1 to to win the NFC North. Regular season win totals, I see Packers at 10 wins. Uh, Vikings are at 8.5, juiced heavily to the under. Bears 7.5, and and the Lions at 4.5. Let's start with the Chicago Bears. They faced one of the more difficult schedules this season. Obviously, they drafted Justin Fields, who I think should be starting, but will not be starting. Matt Nagy being a little... Um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but uh, I don't know. I don't know why Andy Dalton's starting, first of all. Um, but the Bears are set on having Dalton starting. I don't know if it's because they're facing the Rams and they don't want uh, Justin Fields to get killed by Aaron Donald in their defense. Dan, where do you think that, number one, your outlook on the Bears team, and number two, when do you think Justin Fields is going to be your starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears? Yeah, uh, to answer your question about what Matt Nagy is, he's an idiot. Um, (laughs) There you go. I'll leave it to you. (laughs) I mean, he comes from the Eagles system, man, and there's a lot of there's a lot of idiocracy going on there. But um, no, I mean, I think he's got the world fooled thinking that he's really going to trot out Andy Dalton for, you know, the foreseeable future. I think it makes a lot of sense just given how bad their offensive line is to make him play against the Rams in week one. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see Justin Fields take take over the reins of this uh, team by week four once they get to play the lowly Detroit Lions. I think yeah. that's a great get, cake, cakewalk matchup to walk into, get him some confidence, and let him rock out for the rest of the season. Um, in terms of the Bears' outlook, I, I don't know that I can really bet on them until I know what I see in Justin Fields because – even their player props to me like aren't totally safe. Like I really like David Montgomery because one thing's for sure, he's he's the mainstay three down back there. But in terms of Allen Robinson and Darno Mooney, really great receivers, really good receivers. And I don't know that we can really trust this team and what they're going to look like with Andy Dalton at the helm starting week one. So while I'm really optimistic about Justin Fields' future, I don't know that I'm willing to bet on it right now, um, considering that how much of a leap that this team is going to have to take to make any kind of dent in this division to outplace the Vikings or the Green Bay Packers. So um, it's it's a I'll probably bet the Chicago Bears as once we start seeing more of a sample size of what Justin Fields looks like in this offense beyond just the preseason. Yeah, and if we kind of look at their schedule from week six to week 11, Packers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the San Francisco 49ers, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Baltimore Ravens. So that's a brutal, brutal, brutal. that's a brutal five-week stretch there, and and it doesn't get easier. Uh, There's some more games that they have to play the Packers, the Vikings, the Seahawks in that second half of the season. They kind of wind out that uh, schedule. Uh, for the next season. Uh, Minty, where are your thoughts on the Chicago Bears for this season? 
So in their last three seasons straight, they've earned eight plus wins. But uh, like you guys, I am also very disappointed Andy Dalton is starting because I really think Justin Fields could make a huge impact to Chicago. Um, and you were, wow, you you um, called him an idiot. I was just going to say dumb, but you were much <laughs> harsher than me. <laughs> Um, yeah. So it's a bummer for the bears that they still play in the same division as Aaron Rodgers. I remember, you know, a couple months ago, we thought he was leaving and uh, the bears were probably celebrating, but um, they, they play incredibly tough teams this season. Like you said, the Ravens, Niners, Bucks, Rams, um, Browns, I think, at, but at least they'll be better than the lions again. Um, definitely looking at the under here. I don't have too much to say about the bears. They're just the bears kind of like, the Cubs. Uh, They're just the Bears. Cubs. <laughs> yeah, I think until Aaron Rodgers doesn't leave this division, I, I think that's when the Chicago Bears are probably going to take that next step up to possibly be uh, the winners of this division. But uh, I, I, I think that Justin Fields is probably going to be that week two starter. I think if if he if Andy Dalton makes a week three, they need to fire Matt Nagy ASAP. Um, Let's go to the Detroit Lions, a significant organizational turnover from both team uh, front office and to the players on the field. They hired former Saints tight ends coach Dan Campbell, who wants to drink 70 ounces of coffee a day, break kneecaps and doesn't want any turds on his team. So that's, you know, I guess that's one way to kick off your campaign as the Detroit Lions head coach and the quarterback change, right? Uh, The trade of Matthew Stafford to the Rams for Jared Goff. Minty, let me start with you. The Lions projected by the books to be one of the worst teams in the league, along with the Houston Texans. What are your thoughts on this Lions team? Do you have any hope for them? Thanks for letting me start for this one. Um, I think (laughs) five wins is a lot for this team. Uh, Jared Goff is looking to revive his career in Detroit, but this defense has not made any improvements this offseason. Really, there are a few good running backs, though. However, it's not going to help the Lions much at all when this receiving core is is not all that. Um, I don't have a lot to say. There's not much to say I feel about the lions. Um, and I don't want to keep talking negatively. So I'm going to hand it over to you, Dan. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Yeah. Let me get some negativity in here since I'm just riding this wave right now. Um, I, I, I tell, I want to tell Minty here because I don't, I agree with her. I don't think that Detroit is going to muster up five wins. And while I like their, their under at plus money at one fifteen. I think it's better that we go just have them finish dead last. That's four to one. So I'm, yeah. I'm banking on them and the Houston Texans. One of those two teams at plus money to me is going to end up being the, the worst team in the NFL. And to your point, Munaf about Dan Campbell and what he's trying to do there. You know, the only person I see actually coming out on top with a, a successful season is probably TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. And I know we'll talk about that in a little bit, but just this, this already starting off bad. They released Brashad Perryman, who they who they signed in the offseason to be their number one receiver. They get the castaway Tyrell Williams from the Raiders, who we didn't really see. He he couldn't stay healthy last year. They drafted Amon St. Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown. Maybe he comes in as a as a as a, a starter. But then other than that, you got Quintez Cephas, you got DeAndre Swift, who's already hurt, and then you got Jared Goff, who has a noodle arm and can't throw. So I just don't see where the optimism is here. This is a new regime. DeAndre Swift was supposed to be their main back. They brought in Jamal Williams, which was probably a savvy move. But I just don't see this team being on the winning side of a lot of, a lot of games here. And 
in a tough division, I don't think that they're going to be able to squeak out any wins in the division and that let alone playing anybody outside their division, unless they're matching up against the Texans and the Jaguars, which they're not every week. This team is a dumpster fire. Stay away, bet the under fade them at all costs. I a hundred percent agree with you guys. I'm not going to waste any more t- time on this Lions team. I think we have two better teams in this division to talk about. Uh, let's move on to the Minnesota Vikings. And for me, this has been one of the more diff- most difficult teams to kind of figure out uh, early training camp and the preseason. You know, the positive is that they're getting all their defensive starters back. We're either out with injury last year or opted out because of COVID. We saw the frustration that Mike Zimmer had early on with the lack of vaccinated players on the team. Kirk Cousins' decision not to get vaccinated. You know, he's saying that he would rather sit around plexiglasses during team meetings and things like that. Um, And not only that, we know Zimmer has been a great head coach against the spread in the preseason. He takes it seriously, but they did not do so well this year. They only scored 16 points within that first two games combined. Minty, I'll I'll kick it off with you. Uh, Do you think the turmoil of the vaccination rate within this team and Mike Zimmer's frustration is going to spill over into the season, or are you banking that the talent that this team has on both sides of the ball, offense and defense, is going to prevail, and that's the the whole vaccination thing is going to be something that's going to be put behind them once the season starts? God, I hope it doesn't affect the team and their performance. I I really like the Vikings this season, aside from like the whole COVID thing and them resisting to vaccinate. um, They possess the best wide receiver duo in the league. Defense has improved um, from last season. As you said, you know, the folks opted out. They were on the COVID list uh, time and time again. Kirk Cousins is still relevant. Um, So I, I actually really like them in the division. Definitely not to beat the Packers, but short and simple. I, I, I like them. I hope like this annoying COVID thing doesn't get in the way. And I hope talent prevails here. Dan. Yeah, I think that um, it's, it's tough because I'd like, I don't want to get political about it, but you know, you got to state the obvious. And I think you did the fact that Kirk cousins doesn't want to get vaxxed. He's just facing a lengthier absence if he if he or anyone else gets gets COVID in the building and that that could tank their season and as good as this team is they were injury riddled last season I think that they got a lot of great players back on defense but you know when your starting quarterback is your your future <laughs> this whole season really is on the back of Kirk Cousins and I I don't want to get behind that however being that the rest of the division isn't that good you know Detroit sucks and the Bears are trending towards being uh, a disaster. I feel pretty comfortable about taking the Vikings to finish second in the division at plus 150. Not the best, but I think that that's a pretty comfortable position given the talent level on the team. You know, so far, so good. Hopefully, they'll figure out some kind of plexiglass situation to appease their (laughs) starting quarterback. But I think that that's a pretty comfortable bet to make given the landscape. And, And obviously, I think we all can probably sit here and agree that the Green Bay Packers are the strongest team in this division and um, probably will run away with this division, assuming the Vikings don't, um, you know, have some kind of COVID scare or or some other kind of catastrophic injury to one of their star players, like Dalvin Cook, who, you know, obviously has a history of injuries. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of talent on both sides of this this football, like we alluded to. Uh, Dalvin Cook, like you just mentioned, Dan, as Minty said, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson as their wide receiver corp is going to be really good. It's just a matter of fact of that. Can they get past the whole COVID thing and then, you know, come together once the season starts, because 
this is a team that I think has the potential to maybe, if they can get it together, can make some noise in that NFC North and give um, the Packers a run for their money. Speaking of the Packers, um, last but certainly not least, uh, this was one of the teams in the uh, division, or at least in the offseason, that was uh, making a lot of headlines with the whole uh, Aaron Rodgers situation about him not wanting to come back with the team. I think that now the Packers are taking a breath of relief. They're getting Devontae Adams back. They got Randall Cobb, obviously Aaron Rodgers returning for at least one more season. The Packers face a middle of the pack strength of schedule this season. But when you have Aaron Rodgers under center and the weapons that surround him, is this, a, is this the year that we see the Packers get over the hump to the Super Bowl and that Aaron Rodgers delivers one last gift for the Packers before he moves on? Minty, what are you thinking about the Packers this season? Is this it for the GOAT? Maybe you can say Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay and Lambeau Field. This is do or die for him in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers uh, is in. Things are good in Green Bay. And then I think this is totally going to go over. I mean, he had one of his best seasons last year with great receivers, a pair of great running backs. Um, not only are they going to run away with this division, but they're they're going to have at least 11 wins. Uh, they, they do play some tough teams, the Chiefs, Browns, Ravens, Rams, and Bills. So it'll be fun to watch those games. And I expect them to win at least half of those that I just listed. I mean, I I really wish that we saw him in the Super Bowl last year. I wish it was like, yeah, I wish we saw him in the Super Bowl last year. I'm not going to get into it, but um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I don't. I don't know if they'll make it this year. I, I would love to see that, um, but I definitely love the over in uh, for the Packers in this division. I'm going to put you on the spot here. I know you're uh, a, a, I guess, maybe a previous Saints fan and you're supporting the Raiders now. Packers face the Saints in week one. Which way are you going? Okay, this is tough because they're not going to be at home in New Orleans. They're going to be in Texas in Jerry's world, right? So... I don't really know how to how to handicap this game. The line didn't move or anything. I, I still see Green Bay as as a three point favorite still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I gotta lean the Packers here. I mean, although Jameis looked great in preseason, uh, it's it's got a little bit different uh, in the regular season. And again, they're not going to be home. I, I don't I don't know how it works with the whole fans thing. Um. I still lean the Packers to win, and I, I think if anything, they should be favored a little more than three points. There we go. Dan, thoughts on the Packers? Yeah, I think that that's fair. And, uh, you know, the Packers, right now there's too, a little too much juice uh, at minus 180 to win the division for me to bet that. And, you know, honestly, I think that there's a little bit of drama there too. Like, obviously, this is going to be the the end of a story career for Aaron Rodgers and potentially Devontae Adams in, in Green Bay. And while I think it's going to be, it's going to end well in a Cinderella story. I, I don't want to bet on them to, to win the division. So what I'm going to take is Packers uh, exact win band nine to 11 wins at plus plus one thirty. I think they're going to end up somewhere in that 10 win range, but I could definitely see them exceeding that if they come out firing. But I also think that if they come out really great, obviously dominating their division, there could be an opportunity for Aaron Rodgers to maybe miss a game uh, as we get later to in, into the season here, especially given his age, um, and Devontae Adams is 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 no spring chicken either. He's also had his his bouts with injury. So we already see David Bakhtiari is is um, hurt for some time. Yeah, that's definitely going to hurt their run game. So you know, I, I think it might be maybe a little bit more competitive in the early starts. But I think that the Green Bay Packers will start to emerge later on as the clear favorite in this division, and ultimately probably 
uh, one of the top contenders to compete for the NFC Championship. One one parlay that I have out there, um, pretty simple, but I, you know I'm going for the favorites here: Tampa Bay to win their division and Green Bay to win their division at plus one forty five. Um, taking two favorites just to kind of hedge some of my more riskier uh, parlay bets for division winners. I love I like that. It, um, I have to just interrupt a little bit. Unfortunately, in Las Vegas, we can't parlay futures. So that sounds great that you can. Uh, Isn't that weird? Yeah, <laughs> I wish I could do something like that and parlay some favorite <laughs> futures, but I, I cannot. So I'll, I'll ride with you on that one. All I don't right. know. I, I've, I've heard from people that if you put in a request at certain books, maybe I can, I can tell you offline that they may grade these it. People? So, yeah, it, it's Sean and Ryan, but <laughs> I've actually heard from, say, few, I've heard from a few others Vegas, too. Been in Vegas for three hours, man. You're already connected. I, I like, I like it. You're, you're my guy now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no I, I've heard from, uh, from others that if you go up to a certain, uh, certain bookmaker that they may grant it. So uh, we can talk mm-hmm. about off. We can talk about that offline. Um, right. yeah, and if you take, yourself. yeah, just to kind of, <laughs> kind of wrap, wrap up the Packers. I mean, if you take a look at their uh, schedule in the second half of the year after week nine, I mean, including week nine, they have chiefs, Seahawks, Vikings, Rams, Ravens, Browns, Vikings. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a pretty tough stretch, but again, like we've mentioned that we have Aaron Rodgers on this team, he he's bought in at least for this season, you know, he's going to give everything he has. You have Devonte Adams and all the offensive weapons, um, you know, they, uh, like Dan said, I, I expect this team to be back at least in the NFC championship game. Let's wrap up this NFC North division. Mindy, Minty, I will kick it to you. What is your best bet? If you do have one for this NFC North division. All right. Uh, my best bet, um, yeah. as long as COVID doesn't intervene Vikings over nine and a half at plus one twenty. Oh, well, yeah, I know. as long as COVID doesn't interfere. <laughs> yeah. I, I, we, I guess we have our first crossfire. I already, I, I locked in the under nine and a half uh, earlier when this whole, whole turmoil was going down, but uh, um, we'll see. We'll have to talk about that once, once the season's over and maybe who will be flexing their chest a little bit there. Yeah. Dan, what do you got for this division? Uh, I, I got a couple, man. I really like my fade Detroit one but i already used that for the texans so i'm gonna go the packers packers win band nine to eleven at plus 130 i think that that's pretty safe just given the town on the roster and their schedule i think it's going to be a nice cinderella ending for for aaron Rodgers and his career in green bay so i'm gonna ride with him yeah i agree with you my best bet i'm taking the packers over i mean you have Aaron Rodgers, barring any injury, you always have a chance to win at least 10 games with this guy under center. Um, you know, last two years, they've won 13 games each. A little tougher schedule this year, but um, I just don't see a way where they don't get over 10 wins, barring, again, injuries and COVID situations. Um, that's going to be it for our two division, last two divisions. Let's take one final break, and we're going to get into our season-long player props for these two divisions we're brought to you by odds crowd if you haven't downloaded the odds crowd app yet you're missing out there's over thirty thousand dollars in cash prizes up for grabs across both season long and weekly contests on both the nfl and college football the boys here at sgpn are all taking part so you can try to claim bragging rights over us too here's how it works Once you enter a contest, you track your bets against real odds and lines, much like you would with any pick 
tracking app. The most profitable players rise up the leaderboard. If you have the highest profit at the end of the contest, you win. An odds crowd isn't just a fantasy betting contest, it's a social app for sports bettors. Free to download, you can, you can live group chat with other bettors, track your bets, set up private fantasy contests with your buddies, and much more. So download the app for free, or go to oddscrowd.com today. And last but not least, make sure to download the SGPN app. The SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all of our picks and podcasts. Don't forget to toss up an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, coming off the break, time to put our money where our mouth is. Uh, let's start with the AFC South Division. Again, just the format for our listeners. If they didn't know or any new listeners, we'll have one quarterback from each division and two or three skill position player props for the season. Minty, let's start with you. Uh, which quarterback are you riding or fading in the AFC South division? Well, in the AFC South, this was before uh, Ryan Tannehill got COVID. So I like Ryan Tannehill over 30 touchdowns. Uh, he's only reached this total once, which was last year. And I know with Derrick Henry, we're going to see a lot of running the ball. But on top of him, we have AJ Brown, who caught 11 touchdowns last year. Um, Tannehill also has Julio Jones to work with. So I expect him to utilize his receivers quite a bit this season. And I like over 30 touchdowns for him. Okay. I, I half like that because it, it, it it's... I'll get to mine in a second. A half like. Dan, go ahead. What's your player prop? What is is this half like? (laughs) Um, But no, I actually, I love that. Um, And I'll I'll touch on why later. But my guy is Trevor Lawrence, and I'm going to fade him at uh, 4,100 and a half passing yards. So going back in history of the Jaguar storied franchise, Blake Bortles and Mark Brunell only did this twice in their career or once in their careers. And then you only had two rookies to do this ever in the history of football, Andrew Luck and, uh, excuse me, and Justin Herbert last season. So it's a tall order for a team that's really not that good. And for much of the reasons why we talked about earlier in Urban Meyer being in a new environment and a new coaching staff and all this stuff, there's a lot of different variables at stake here that while Trevor Lawrence could certainly be in the conversation for rookie of the year, he's going to put up good numbers. I think he's got to use his legs a little bit more. Losing Travis Etienne was definitely somebody that's going to have an effect on his passing game. So now you're left with LaVisca Chenault and Marvin Jones and James Robinson. It's not a lot to get excited about and, Frankly, I just don't think it's going to be it's going to be a little bit too much for Trevor Lawrence to get over forty one hundred, but still going to have a good season. But I think I'm going to I'm going to fade his his passing prop at forty one hundred and a half passing yards. Yeah, I agree with that. It's going to be a little tough for uh, Trevor Lawrence to get that many. I mean, the only downfall the thing the the devil's advocate I'll play is that we mentioned when we were talking about the Jaguars that they may be playing from behind in a lot of these games because their yeah. defense is so bad. So I think those right. garbage time. Um, I guess yards may rack up, but I think, yeah, again, 4,100 yards is a lot for this, uh, for Trevor Lawrence in his first year Uh, for mine. And this is why I was kind of half liking Minty's is I'm taking Ryan Tannehill under 4,200 and a half passing yards. He can get as many touchdowns as he wants. Maybe we both cash, but 
you know, I understand this team added Julio Jones to the offense. We also have to keep in mind that they lost Corey Davis and John Smith, who were more than capable on this offense. Last season, the Titans were ranked in the top seven, almost all passing categories. And Tannehill only threw for 3,820 yards. I know we have the extra game this season, but if you take a look at all the teams they play on the road outside of the division, it's the Seahawks, the Rams, the Patriots, and the Steelers who all have, except for the Seahawks, maybe have above average um, secondaries. And all those teams, except, like I said, the Seahawks rank inside the top 10 as far as pass defenses, along with a new offensive coordinator for this team. We're not sure what we're going to get out of him. They may still want to pound the rock with Derrick Henry, and this offense, I, like I said, when we were talking about the Titans, they may be due for a little bit of regression because they've been so dominant over the past two seasons. Um, so I do like Rand, Ryan Tannehill to go under 4,200 4, and a half passing yards. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I mean, he could have shorter passes. I could hit my bet. You could hit yours. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Let's go over to our skill positions for the AFC South. Uh, Minty, who do you have for your first one? Okay, so we know T.Y. Hilton is uh, is has a disc issue, uh, but I liked him over seven hundred seventy five and a half receiving yards. Um, I think he's going to have quite a bit of production when he gets back on the field. Um, man, I, I'm really rethinking this one because now that I say it out loud, I'm just like, mm, it's going to be under who knows how long he's going to be out. But anyway, I'm just going to go with it because this is what I have. <laughs> he almost reached this total last year and he certainly went over that uh, in the thousands range in five of his last seven years prior to that. I know he's getting up there in age, um, but 776 receiving yards doesn't seem too crazy to me. So I, I like the over. Stick to your guns. You know, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, you know, you every time I start second guessing myself, it always turns out bad. So you can, we, sometimes you just got to stick to your guns. Yeah. Uh, Dan, what do you got? Uh, yeah, so I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor. So si- same team. Um, I'm going to fade him on his rushing yards pro- or rushing TDs prop, 10 and a half. And the reason why I'm going to fade it is primarily because I just really don't trust the Indianapolis Colts to put him in a position to score 10 and a half rushing touchdowns. I think that this team is going to have a bit of a come to Jesus moment when Phillip rivers, isn't there as old as he was, this guy was a reliable guy, a reliable quarterback to push the ball down the field with T Y Hilton, not on the field anymore. That's one other person that now the defense can focus more towards uh, Jonathan Taylor, which is, I think the offense, the defenses will do because they know that Carson Wentz is awful and he's going to hand over the hand off the ball as much as possible. So um, he did finish eighth in the NFL last year among um, active running backs in terms of red zone touches at 3.47 per game. But I, I see some regression there, you know, in, in year two, I think he's going to be more like a Saquon Barkley where he's going to have to score these long, really break out runs, you know, 20 plus yards. And that's, that's really how he's going to make much of his bread and butter. It's not going to be in these goal line touches uh, in the red zone. Cause I just really don't think that one Carson Wentz is efficient in the red zone. We saw that last year, nor are they going to get there just because they're offensive line troubles. So I'm expecting a little bit of regression for Jonathan Taylor, but he could still go over, you know, 1200 rushing yards, which I think is his current rushing prop. Uh, I think that will be pretty safe. Yeah. I actually love that one, Dan, because I, I think there's two points that, I was thinking of as you were giving your handicap was number one. We talked about with the Colts, how their offensive line is going to take a significant step back. Let's just say they get into the red zone. Is that offensive line going to be able to hold up? 
at the goal line or, or is, are they going to use a bigger back, maybe like a Marlin back or, or somebody else that they have in the backfield. And then second Carson Wentz as, as bad as a passer he is, he still can get you, you know, rushing touchdowns in the red zone, whether that's within the five yard line with quarterback sneaks or coming off a of play action and running into the end zone. So that might take away from uh, Jonathan Taylor's touchdown uh, touchdown number as far as, as his rushing touchdowns go for the season. So I like that under with you. I completely agree with that. Uh, for mine, man, I'm just fading this Titans team. Uh, Derek Henry under 1,550 and a half rushing yards. Um, over the last two seasons, Henry has 681 rush attempts. I mean, that's a lot, right? Um, they signed him to a long-term contract, so you kind of want to protect Derek Henry and the investment that you kind of made with him. And I dug a little further and looked at running backs since the year 2000 who ran for more than 2,000 rushing yards and how they fared the following season. So there are four total guys, including Henry, that did it. Jamal Lewis did it in 2003. The following season, he ran for 1,066 yards in 10 games. 2009, CJ2K, Chris Johnson ran for 2,009 yards. The following season, he had 1,364 in a full season. Adrian Peterson, 2012, 2,097 uh, rushing yards. And then the next year, he had 1,266 yards in 14 games. So based off of the history, I mean, there's a significant drop-off um, from year to year with these running backs that are getting these 2000 uh, rushing yards from that previous season, even if Henry gets 1400 rushing yards in a season, let's even he gets 1500, that's still a pretty good season for a running back. So I, I do like the under here. And I think that, you know, they may lessen his load as far as running the ball, because you have offensive weapons, like they picked up with Julio Jones. And I think this might be a coming out year for AJ Brown. So that was my first uh, skill position uh, rush or uh, rushing prop for this upcoming season with Derrick Henry. Yeah, I think that that's, that's right, man. And I think you're to, to kind of belabor the point of how different this Titans team is. And it's really, to me, this is Ryan Tannehill's it's becoming Ryan Tannehill's team. Like he showed that he can lead this team. They gave him weapons on the outside to be able to push the ball down the field. They don't have to, turn over the ball to Derrick Henry 30 times a game. Maybe when they're, they have a positive game script, you know, they'll just run out the clock and control the clock and let their defense kind of do their thing. Um, so I, yeah, I, I definitely get the fade and I love the, the stat that you brought up in terms of the, the drop off from a 2000 yard season. And we know this guy is a huge tread on his tire. So yeah. 1500 is still in the realm of possibility. It's just a bit high uh, given the history of someone going for 2k the year before last yeah, man, uh, hopefully he doesn't uh, make me look like an idiot because this guy is just such, such a beast, man. I mean, uh, it's, I mean it's imagine just... if he ran for 2K two consecutive years. I don't know. That just seems that seems it's difficult, right? Body. Yeah, Very difficult. he would have to get at least 300 touches. I mean, he will for sure. But, it, you know, getting up to that 320, 325 range, I mean, and he's been fortunate not to get hurt. So, you know, it's a joy yeah. watching him, but hopefully not for this season. Uh, let's get to skill <laughs> position number two. Uh, Minty, why don't you kick it off for us? Who do you have for your uh, second prop bet for this skill position? Okay, well, I mentioned this earlier when we began. Uh, it, it's Philip Lindsay, uh, under three and a half touchdowns. And like I said, I, I did this when he was higher in the depth chart, and now he's like lower. He's right behind Mark Ingram and David Johnson on the roster. So I definitely see his production declining. I mean, it seems like he was just about done with the NFL right before he went to Houston. Um, I don't even think he'll reach two rushing touchdowns this year with the Texans. So under three and a half, I would hammer it. I love Are it because... Sure? 
Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Dan. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Are we sure that the Texans are even gonna score three touchdowns this whole <laughs> How season? Dare you, the entire so. team. <laughs> More slander. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I'm feeling this one just mainly because that running back room is just. I don't want any parts of it. It's going to be an a running back by committee to the fullest extent of it. We already saw that David Johnson's going to be involved. Ingram's going to be involved. I don't know if there's enough room for Philip Lindsay there too. I'm riding this one. I like it. Yeah, and I think uh, what Minty mentioned was that he's in the bottom of the depth chart, but he is probably going to be the last running back that they're going to want to give the ball to if you get into a red zone situation, maybe down right. even the goal line, right? Mark Ingram, significantly bigger. David Johnson, another the guy significantly bigger than uh, Philip Lindsay. So uh, 100% agree with um, Minty's bet on that under three and a half on uh, Philip, Philip. Uh, on Lindsley, Lindsay, God, it's getting late for me, I guess, huh? Um, <laughs> I wanted to make one more point on this Texans. It's something I didn't mention when we were talking about it, is that they're playing they're playing chess over checkers because how how is how do you tank with a team that's not really tanking? You make you create the oldest roster, and with these old guys, they're going to get injured, so they're going to have to put a lot of practice squad guys in. So you know that's one way to start tanking for the season, um, Dan. Scale position player prop number two. What do you got? Yeah, I'm riding with. Um, I really like when, when Minty uh, mentioned Ryan Tannehill going over his touchdown prop because I'm looking at AJ Brown to do just the same. You know, he had eight in his rookie season, eleven last year. His current prop sits at eight and a half, over eight and a half, and I'm, I'm going to take it. I think he's going to score at least nine touchdowns this season. Last year, he caught ten of twelve red zone targets, only ranking 29th in the NFL. So with Ryan Tannehill now having uh, Julio Jones, the human decoy at his disposal, there's going to be a lot of attention being drawn to Julio, much like there was in Atlanta. I think this is only going to bode well for A.J. Brown and his prospects to take over as the alpha of this receiving core. So really excited about A.J. Brown heading into this season. I think you're going to see some growth and some positive regression in his TDs to see possibly and more than likely north of of double-digit touchdowns. So really excited for A.J. Brown this season. I love it because, like we mentioned, they lost John, John Smith and Corey Davis. The only guy right. that's left on that offensive side that he still has that chemistry with is going to be A.J. Brown. So he's a big target, man. Like you mentioned, he's going to get the red zone targets. Obviously, the attention will be on Julio Jones also. So um, A.J. Brown should have a big year for this Titans uh, receiving core. Uh, for my last skill position prop uh, for this division, um, somebody for this Texans team, is going to have to flourish. And I think that's going to be Brandon Cook. So I'm taking over 895 and a half receiving yards for Brandon Cooks. The wide receiving group, like we mentioned, we were talking about this text, it's thin, right? Yes, they added Anthony Miller from the uh, Chicago Bears, drafted Nico Collins, but Cooks is a veteran on this team and one of the fastest receivers still in the league. Uh, Cooks is entering his eighth season of his career. He's exceeded this number in six out of the eight years. Yes, more than likely not. The Watson's not going to be there. It's going to be Tyrod Taylor. But I think Tyrod Taylor, he's still that game manager, right? He's going to facilitate the offense. He's going to do what the coaches want him to be, that game manager. And I'm sure the Texans will find themselves trailing in all of their games. So they're going to have to throw the ball. Cook's a great down-the-field threat, a guy that can catch the short pass, use his speed to get that yardage. So I'm going to take the over on Brandon Cooks um, at that 800, uh, nine, 895 and a half receiving yards total for him. You're taking, I hate that. Taking an over on the Texans. That is spicy. Woo. 
No. Somebody's got to go over on this team, right? <laughs> Someone's I mean, got to do it. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're not a believers in their their old, uh, you know, running back group like we talked about with David Johnson and Mark Ingram and, and Lindsey. So, it, it's somebody yeah. on this receiving group is going to have to be. And who knows? The Texans might just trade away Brandon Cooks to a team that needs a receiver. So, you know, I think that's in the realm of yeah, realm of possibility for the Texans because it's funny that they acquired some guys that they traded for last week gave up some draft picks and they like just released them. So, you know, we're already in full tank mode. <laughs> Any more play. <laughs> it's going to be laughable all season. We're going to be laughing about this all season long. Any last player props for this division you guys have, or do you want to move on to the NFC North? I'm good. Let's Dan? hit it. All right. NFC North, maybe a little more exciting here. Uh, Minty, I'll start with you. Quarterback prop, who are you riding or fading in the NFC North? I got to go with Aaron Rodgers over 4,500 and a half passing yards. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers is in his prime. Uh, although he's only exceeded this total once in 2011, he had a phenomenal season last year, as we know. And I think it's only going to get better, especially because he's trying to prove something. So give me the over in his passing yards, 4,500 and a half. It's crazy that he's what, 36, 37 years old. And we're still thinking that he's in his prime and he really is because it's just the show that he puts on every single week. And we saw last year, probably his best season ever as the quarterback of the green Bay Packers. So there's no way that I'm going to take an under on um, Aaron Rodgers. but uh, just to tease mine, I do have an under for Aaron Rodgers, but it does make a lot of sense. Dan, I'll kick it to you. Who you got for this quarterback prop for this division? Well, well, this is awkward. Um, oh, God. <laughs> mine is Aaron Rodgers under 4,500 in five yards. And it's funny because Manoff was just like, yeah, how could you bet the under on this? Um, yeah, that's me. <laughs> Here we are. Um, <laughs> but more so because of everything that Minty said, that's why I'm actually fading it. You know, it's going to take a seemingly a career-like year and he better be in his prime to put up 4,500 yards because he hasn't done that since 2011. I mean, I don't even remember what the hell I was doing in 2011. So the <laughs> fact that Aaron Rodgers was throwing for 4,600 yards and he hasn't done it since, man, that, it's been a while. So while I think he's still going to have a great season, he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. 4,500 despite having an extra game. I don't know that he's going to actually play in all the games. I feel like there's a bit of regression that could be had there coming off a really, really good season. What do you have? 4,300 yards last year? Yeah, 4,299. Yeah. So, I mean, he was already one of the best. He still is one of the best. I just think 4,500 is a tall order uh, for someone that has only done that once in his career. So I'll wrap it up with mine. And mine is also with Aaron Rodgers. And we can discuss everything after. So I'm taking Aaron right. Rodgers <laughs> under eight and a half interceptions. Uh, you know, we talked about Rogers. He's a quarterback that he just doesn't turn the ball over. Right. The, the Packers added Randall Cobb to the season with the wide receiving group, a guy that he trusts, uh, you know, Cobb's not going to be a guy that's going to produce crazy yardage, uh, as far as, you know, receiving yards or reception, but he's a guy that Rogers can't trust in the clutch situations where it gets down to maybe, you know, second and long or, or, or third and short, where they need to get that first down. We have one of the best route runners in the league in Adams who has had great chemistry with him. Uh, and, you know, Rogers is going to throw the ball to the guys he trusts, Adams, Cobb, Robert Tanyan, who came on last season, uh, Marquez Valdez-Gantley. On top of that, in Rogers' 16-year career, he's thrown more than eight interceptions twice. The last time he did it was in 2010, over 11 years ago. So got to pay a little bit of juice on it, but I don't think that Aaron Rodgers is going to throw more than nine interceptions this season. So 
that's kind of where we are here. Uh, Minty's taking the over. Dan's on the under. I'm taking under interceptions. <laughs> Minty, what are your thoughts? I, I feel like after saying all this out loud, I feel like we think some of us think Aaron Rodgers is like the Green Bay Tom Brady, right? Like he yeah. just gets better with age and we just don't know when he's going to stop. So I like it. I like that we all chose Aaron Rodgers and didn't talk about it before. Right. Yeah. It, it keeps the show interesting because it gets a little boring. When we're all agreeing on things. So I'm glad we finally had like a, you know, a, a crossfire or, you know, some disagreement. It, it keeps the show entertaining. Dan, what are you thinking, man? Um, so, yeah, I think for my next one, I'm going David Montgomery over a thousand and a half rushing yards. He did it last year. And to be honest, I think that this is really low for a guy that's gotten 240 carries in his first two seasons he had over 800 yards and only eight starts in his rookie campaign. So I think that this is really shaping up with uh, shoddy quarterback play, shoddy line, uh, shoddy line. But, you know, we saw what David Montgomery did with a bad line last year and even worse quarterback play with Mitch Trubisky. So um, Cohen is Tariq Cohen has just hit the pup list, so he won't compete yeah. for carries. Damian Williams sat out last season with uh, due to COVID and he's back into the fold, but I don't think that's going to be much of a threat to his touches. I think, you know, Montgomery could potentially see well over 260, 70 carries, easily putting him over a thousand yards over the course of a 17 game schedule. So, and if we see Justin Fields appear, you know, by week four to week six, that's only going to bode well for his rushing totals because every time you have a mobile quarterback, you might see a little bit of regression at the goal line in, in the red zone, but it usually correlates very well to opening up run, running lanes and getting your running backs a little bit more room to scamper around there, uh, being that a broken play can change the game uh, in, in one fell swoop. So, yeah, I really like where this team is headed if they can turn to Justin Fields sooner rather than later, and that's only going to help David Montgomery in the long haul. Yeah, I think David Montgomery is going to be one of those guys. I had him on my fantasy team last year, and he was absolutely stellar wire to wire. So I think he, he may be due for a breakout season for the Chicago bears. Uh, minty skill position player prop number one for this division. What do you got? Okay. I'll, I'll go with the bears and I'll go uh, with the tight end Cole commit. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Cole commit no, over oh. 495 and a half receiving yards. Uh, we started seeing more production from him towards the end of last season, since he got off to a slow start. Uh, hopefully he gets the ball a, bit more in every game and, and he really just needs to have a couple of big games for this to hit over 495 and a half receiving yards seems kind of like a no-brainer to me is jimmy graham still on this uh, chicago bears team he is but he's he like is. the old veteran guy now yeah like, and there's no way that cole, he's cole, gonna start right? cole, Komet, cole Komet's definitely gonna be the dude now yeah and the yeah dude. i think that we, we always try to find those guys that are kind of under the radar i think minty hit the nail on the head that he had a great uh closing to the season Hopefully that carries over for him into this season. I think he should be tight and number one over Jimmy Graham for sure. Jimmy Graham might get the red zone uh, uh, looks, but we're talking about yardage here. I think Colca Mets young legs will take care of that. Uh, for mine, uh, my first one is going to be Aaron Jones under nine rushing touchdowns. Last season was a huge year for Aaron Jones. He ran for 1,100 rushing yards, scored nine touchdowns. 2018, he scored 16 rushing touchdowns, but this season... The Packers face the hardest schedule against opposing rush defenses, right? Packers face nine opponents whose rush defenses rank inside the top 10 and 12 rush defenses that are projected to be above average. Um, if it does, does get down to the goal line, I think A.J. Dillon's going to be that guy for them uh, down on that goal line situations. 
Uh, Dylan weighs 40 more pounds than Jones, and we don't know. I mean, we know down on the goal line, you need those big guys. So I think it, it's going to be AJ Dylan, uh, Agent Dylan, AJ Dylan's time in that goal line situation for Aaron Jones. I think he's going to, if he does get over this number, it's going to have to be one of those breakout um, long runs down the field. But like I said, when they're facing these type of uh, rush defenses this season, that rank inside the top 10, I think it's going to be a, a difficult uh, order for Aaron Jones to get over or at least get 10 rushing touchdowns this coming season. Agreed. AJ Dillon's going to be way more active this year. Yeah, and they what they lost Jamal Williams to uh, to the Lions, right? So you know, I think right. that AJ Dillon's going to step into that uh, that that second running back role very nicely. Uh, Minty, going to you, second skill position player for this division. What do you got? I got Justin Jefferson over thirteen hundred and a half receiving yards. Um, I like the in this one, especially with an added game on the board. Uh, Jefferson started his career with 1,400 receiving yards and didn't even play all 16 games. Yeah. Uh, so I know he'll be heavily guarded but because of his past production, but I think this is a pretty low ceiling to hit, so I like the over. I yeah, like I this, it, yeah. Yeah. I think this yeah. is great because Irv Smith just went down with uh, with an injury. Yep. Um, Adam Thielen's getting older, and we saw that he was really just a red zone threat. Uh, so in terms of getting yards and moving the ball, that's Justin Jefferson's territory. I think he's going to feast. I think he's going to have a really good season to follow up uh, uh, an all—I uh, mean, a, a history-making uh, rookie season. So I think he's he's definitely poised to have a great season. Speed and great hands, Justin Jefferson. What you need in a wide receiver, right? And he has it also. Hopefully, another big season for Justin Jefferson. Dan, who do you got as your second uh, skill position player prop? Yeah, I'm sticking with the Minnesota Vikings as well, but I'm going to fade Adam Thielen. He had 14 receiving touchdowns last year. Right now, his player prop is sitting at nine. I'm going to go the under on that one. I think it's not sustainable. Similar to like a Robert Tunyon uh, with the Packers last year, just saw an absurd rate of efficiency that I think is, is certainly got to fall back to the mean here a little bit, regress to the mean. And, you know, for much of what Minty just said, I think Justin Jefferson, we're going to see him take that next step and, and, and become one of the upper echelon wide receivers in the NFL. That's certainly going to take a hit to uh, Adam Thielen, who I think just really benefited with the fact that uh, he got all the red zone looks last year. And I, yeah. I think now it's going to be more evenly spread amongst the team, primarily Justin Jefferson, uh, seeing an uptick in, in opportunities, uh, being that he's going to be the, the star of that team in the alpha wide receiver one. Yeah, and I think you guys remember that Dalvin Cook is a great pass-catching running back also, right? So he may get some looks also there. And like Minty mentioned with Justin Jefferson, he's gonna he might be you know primed out to have a big year receiving-wise and, again, maybe touchdown-wise. So definitely a wide receiver one option, even in fantasy, is Justin Jefferson. So uh, Adam Thielen, get all the yardage you want, but let's stay under that touchdown uh, mark for the season. Uh, for my last one, I am... I'm going to these dumpster teams because somebody's going to have to perform, right? And, I, and we, it's a t- guy we talked about earlier with the Detroit Lions, TJ Hawkinson, over 770 and a half receiving yards. Um, like we mentioned, significant roster turnover for the Lions, especially at the wide receiving position group. Lost Kenny Galladay to the New York Giants. Marvin Jones Jr. went over to the Jaguars. Mohamed Sanu left also with the 49ers now. So, the group is coming in ranked 31st out of a possible 32 teams is their wide receiving group. But the one guy who was still on this roster from the last uh, two seasons, TJ Hawkinson, we've read the reports that Goff and Hawkinson have developed some great chemistry and a guy that he can trust. 
And the books are projecting the Goff to throw close to 4,000 passing yards. And we know that Anthony Lynn, uh, as the offensive coordinator, he the tight end position is important to them, right? We saw Hunter, Hunter Henry with the Chargers, um, Virgil Green that was there, so many names that were a big part of the Chargers offense. So I think Hawkinson being that consistent guy, developing that chemistry with Goff this offseason, the yardage has to go somewhere. And I think that TJ Hawkinson's going to, be that guy for the Lions this year. So give me the over 770 and a half receiving yards for TJ Hawkinson. Love that. He's literally the only person that Goff can throw to at this point. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm all for Hawk. It's going to be, it's crazy how much of a turnover they have at the receiver position do the Lions, but at least I'll have some type of vested uh, interest in the Lions this season. Any other player props you guys have for this division uh, for the NFC North, Minty? I do not. Dan? Uh, my last one to fade, Detroit yeah. Lions, DeAndre Swift, 900 and a half rushing yards. He's going to be running for his life. And I don't, with Jamal Williams there, I actually think that, you know, DeAndre Swift was the old regime, Pat, Pat Matt Patricia, can't yeah. say his name. It was his, it was his selection to get DeAndre Swift. I think that they went out and grabbed Dan Campbell purposefully went out and grabbed Jamal Williams for the fact that he doesn't trust DeAndre Swift, maybe his health, maybe his durability, but either way, I think he's going to be way more active in the past game. Still could have a really good season, but I don't see him getting 900 rushing yards on the ground, splitting carries with Jamal Williams, which I think we'll see him be a little bit more active um, in the role that he, he played for the Packers last season. I think it's correlated, Dan, that you just mentioned that I did like Jamal Williams to go over his rushing yards for all the reasons that you just mentioned, right? And I think that he's primed to have a big year also for the Lions is Jamal Williams. So let's not forget Matt Patricia called plays with a laminated uh, laminated play sheet, but he also had a pencil on his uh, ear. So (laughs) I just just didn't understand it at that point with the Detroit Lions. But that brings (laughs) us to the end of our eight divisional previews we went through the win totals we went through handicapping slightly each team uh we gave you all of our season-long player props uh if you haven't go back and listen to all of the uh season-long division uh previews that we did between dan and i and minty tonight um guys we're about a little a little over a week away from NFL week one kicking off between the Cowgirls and the Tom Bay Buccaneers. I'm excited. I don't know about you guys. Any final thoughts for these divisions or anything season long? Uh, Dan, I'll kick it to you, man. Uh, no thoughts. I'm just super excited to get underway, man. I, I think this is going to be a, a different football season this year. We're actually going to have fans back, which I think should add a little bit less risk for betters out there. You know, I think we'll have a little bit more, uh, understanding of the landscape. Hopefully the Saints can return to their home field eventually. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, just really excited for this season to get underway. We had a full training camp off season. Really excited to see what this season brings. And uh, yeah, let's get it. And hopefully it can make it out to Las Vegas to see my Eagles take on the Raiders. Still in, in, in flux, but... <laughs> <laughs> But Minty, just want to say thank you for coming on the show once again. You were awesome and uh, definitely a homie of the show. So every time you come on, we we appreciate Debatable. it. Thank you. I, I you got to work out something with him there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we keep disagreeing here, but I'm glad you guys still have me on. Thank you so much, guys. It's been fun as always. Yeah, Minty, any thoughts of the season? Anything you want to plug? The floor is yours. 
Yes. Well, for the season, uh, like Dan said, this should be kind of a different season because we have fans back. It feels like years that we've actually been able to go to these football games and stuff. So hopefully it returns back to normal. Hopefully, you know, COVID doesn't, you know, injure too many people. Um, and I mean, go Raiders. I can't wait to see a Raiders home game. Uh, even though we play kind of like crappy teams like Washington football team, the, the Bengals, the Eagles, uh, you know, <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm excited for the season and I hope for, uh, I hope for all of us to make some money. Oh yeah. And also follow Yahoo Sportsbook on Twitter and TikTok. Hello at Yahoo Sportsbook, Twitter and TikTok. Please go follow. Um, thank you guys again. Love it. I love having you on the show. I'm sure we're going to have you for plenty of more times during the regular season. Uh, Dan, anything else you want to plug for the season and let the people know where they can find you, man? Yeah, you can find me at Dan Titus on Twitter, D-A-N-T-I-T-U-S. Doing a whole bunch of stuff for SGPN. Um, follow me behind the mic at Action Network. Producing some good content over there. But otherwise, yeah, check out. Make sure you keep on following the PropCast because Manoff and I are going to keep on firing away as the weeks as the weeks start getting underway with uh, the best player props coming for there each week. So excited for it. Yeah, and uh, Dan and I are going to highlight our best bets for each division. Uh, we're going to get that posted on the social, so look out for that. We will be back next week. Can't believe I'm saying this to kick off NFL week one with the NFL PropCast. So make sure to subscribe. I know we're getting our own feed here. Um, it should be dropping anytime soon now. So make sure to subscribe, like, uh, drop us a review. With that being said, you can find me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. Like I said, a week away from the NFL season. I'm excited. I know everybody else is. Till then, hope you guys make some money this weekend. Get ready for NFL season. And last but not least, make sure to let it ride.